your go-to place for all the latest news from the Carolina Clash, Ultimate Late Models, SCDRA, and the Carolina Sprint Tour. This is Doing What John Dirt. Hey everybody, what's going on? I'm Evan McCrory and welcome back to the Do Much on Dirt podcast. It's going to be episode 30. Later we're going to be talking to Travis Scott. He is a co-series director for Ultimate. He also race directs some mods at the Dirt in December at the Dome. He is now the announcer for the Hunt the Front Super Dirt Series, who's going to be co-sanctioning a 10,000 to win event at Sonoya Raceway this weekend with Ultimate. And he is all a part of that besides everybody else in those two series. And we're going to preview that, talk about the season so far for both of those series. We're also going to be recapping the Firecracker 100. I was up in Pennsylvania for with Big Mike. We're going to be talking Cherokee Speedway had a race. A lot of other places ended up getting rained out and moved a little bit of stuff, including SCDRA, Carolina Speedway, Carolina Clash, and a couple other things. Uh, let's get into it. First, we're going to talk to Travis. Then we're going to go over all the racing from this past weekend. Sit down, relax, crack out a beer, and let's have a good one. Today's guest joining me on the Front Wheel Drive Friday Hotline. He is one of the race directors for the Ultimate Super Late Mall Series. He also does plenty in the racing industry all over the board, especially in the Southeast. And he is also currently the Hunt the Front Series commentator for this year for their first year of competition. Travis Scott, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Pleasure to be here. Awesome. Well, uh, this upcoming weekend, we have the Hunt the Front Super Dirt Series and Ultimate Super Late Malls co-sanctioned for the independent shootout at Sonoya Raceway, paying 10000 to win. Uh, what should the fans look forward to this weekend? Well, uh, we're, we're going to have a we're going to have a really good show. Uh, this is this is shaping up to be, uh, you know, one of the probably one of the biggest races of the year for us, and what I think will be a, a really good show for for not only the Hunt the Threat Super Dirt Series, but also for uh, the Ultimate Super Late Model Series. We've got a good crowd of cars that, that we're expecting to have, and uh, I think you know Sonoya is obviously known as one of the one of the best racetracks in the southeast, if, if not in the country. Uh, especially when it's right, it's it's really good, and and I think it'll be really good uh, th- this weekend. I think it's going to be a really good show. Uh, so Hunt the Front is starting. This is their first year of competition, the first year as a series with uh, uh, Hunt the Front TV, I believe it is, and uh, they've had a little bit of having to shuffle their schedule around, a couple of rainouts, a couple of things here and there, where they had to kind of move around this weekend where I believe they're going to be finishing off their weekend at Duck River as their like mid-season championship. How would you feel about the Hunt the Front season so far? Yeah, well, it's it's been uh, it's been one thing or after the other. So I was I was joking with uh, with Joshua Joyner, the series director and one of the co-founders of the Hunt the Front Super Dirt Series. I was joking with him this weekend at White Odd. I said, you know, we've we've had six weekends, six races, six weekends, um, and you've experienced about four or five years worth of uh, troubles that that normally series get played with that you just kind of have to roll with that, that most people don't even really see. So uh, it's been an interesting year. You know, we we started off the year with three rainouts and six attempts, so we were batting about fifty percent there um, at the beginning of the of, of the season. We finally got a doubleheader in this past weekend at Why Not, and uh, it's just uh, it's been a really good series. It's it's got you know we started out we left All Tech with twenty one drivers who who committed or, or indicated that they had ambitions to running the entire hunt the front super dirt series schedule 
Um, and then, you know, we've, we've kind of gone through now six races, like I said, and we're down to about 13 drivers who have perfect attendance that we expect to be at Sonoya and Duck River. And you mentioned, you know, this is the midseason points fund, midseason points championship weekend finale. A really cool thing that the Hunt the Front series is doing. I don't know that any other regional series has ever done anything like this, but uh, basically the, the, the driver who's leading the point standings after Duck River, after the feature event is over at Duck River, will we'll get $5,000 just for being at top of the points championship. Second place gets 3000 Third place gets 2000 And then it pays all the way out. And every driver who has perfect attendance is guaranteed at least $500 uh, just for attempting to run all of and, and entering all of this, the series races thus far. I really like that. That That's what kind of keeps the numbers up and helps uh, you have a field that wants to be there for perfect attendance because I know they have these certain uh, things through the year that they can look forward to. Like if we stay through uh, Duck River and through the whole year, we have this time halfway and obviously at the end for a year in points championship to be able to get some extra money that's going to help out these teams throughout the year. $5,000, that's... I know it doesn't mean as much as it used to, uh, inflation and everything these days, but it'll still go a long way and be able to help out these teams to get to the track the next week and down the road. So um, I know it's a really tight points battle right now, including Josh Putnam, Will Harrington, I believe, uh, Trey Mills, and a couple other guys. Uh, how's, how, how tight is that situation right now for the half-season championship? Yeah, so we've, we've got a really tight points battle. So Will Harrington, uh, he comes in. Uh, six races in, he's the point leader uh, at this point. He's got an average finish of four, 4.0 on the mm. tour, which uh, is really strong considering some of the fields that we've had and some of the racetracks we've gone to. Will, Will's benefited from just about everywhere we've gone so far. Um, he's he's run really well at he's, he's grown up at Cochrane. He won our race there. His favorite racetrack is Why Not. He had a good couple, couple races there at Why Not this past weekend. Um, he really likes Magnolia. You know, we had all the extenuating circumstances at Magnolia with the surface of the racetrack. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's a place he's familiar with, you know, and then the Alltech race kind of out of the gate really shuffled everybody just because of, you know, the rain overnight in uh, some other races throughout the southeast got canceled. And we woke up on, on Friday morning there at Alltech and we had a Lucas Oil Field sitting in the pit area. Pretty much. You know, with some of the some RTJ, guys. A bunch so, of those guys. Uh, so, yeah, so Will, Will leads the points. Uh, Josh Putnam is only 10 points out of the point lead. Uh, Josh won our race at, at Magnolia, um, has run really well this year uh, and, and been on the podium several times with us. Uh, we, we go to Sonoya this weekend, but then we go to a place that he really knows uh, really well on Sunday in Duck River, that, that you got to like Josh Putnam's chances out of the series regulars. Putnam's probably going to be the favorite uh, when we go to Duck River, not only this Sunday, but, uh, but again in a month for the Deep Fried 75. Joseph Joyner's third in points. He's only 26 points out of the lead. Um, so he's still within striking distance. A good couple of races this weekend. Will and Josh struggle unexpectedly, and, and Joseph could, could come out of out of this weekend as the midseason point leader and pick up that 5,000. You mentioned Trey Mills. Trey Mills is fourth in, in points, just 15 years old. Picked up his first ever super late model win at Why Not on, on this past Friday night. Uh, like I said, 13 drivers with a lot of experience that have perfect attendance. And we've got the 15-year-old rookie in his first full year of super late model competition, fourth in the point standings, and then and Peyton Freeman back in fifth. Freeman sitting in fifth is just 40 points out of 
the points lead. So a couple of wins this weekend and, and some bad luck there. And, and, and Peyton could have sent uh, pretty high into the point standings this weekend. Peyton got off to a rough start, had some bad lucks. It wasn't anything of their doing. Uh, you know, he flipped at Magnolia and, and, and finished 12th there uh, where he was, you know, uh, hoping to have a much better race. He had a really fast car and just had a flat and was making some moves on the outside when he when he just uh, flipped there in turn one. Uh, there was a brand new race car. Then the very next week at Swainsboro, they showed up late uh, because the the backup car was was the car that was having all the electrical issues, uh, and they had some issues there. But but he really found himself uh, back where he expects to be, leading races, leading laps at Why Not this weekend, uh, and a pair of second place finishes. So you got to like Peyton Peyton's Freeman's Freeman season looks to be improving for him for sure. I think it does. I was at Livonia for the Clash Race. I was on XR. Uh, I think yeah, it was a little over two months ago now, and that was the night that Peyton started having those electrical issues with that backup car. Uh, it's now his backup car. He just run through hot laps, couldn't really get it to fire off right, and then just didn't even. He like pulled one lap, uh, one lap half speed during the feature and pulled in, and then I. I was talking with Benji when he came over and was trying to figure it out with him. And it's crazy that those type of issues are still um, still happening down the road. But this Peyton's year in general has been very interesting to me with stuff early in the year with the team he was with and then uh, some stuff happening there and him being back in the um, in the 22. Yeah, 22 uh, F, am I right? Yeah. I'm trying to think his car number. I couldn't, it, it blanked me for a second, but back in the Colt, Coltman Farms uh, car, I think that's a good move back for him as a career decision for right now. And it's awesome to see him running well. Going back to Will Harrington, um, I know it's probably not the last super race it was at Sonoya, but the last super race I remember was the Spring Nationals race, uh, day before March Madness at Cherokee with the really rough track conditions when a lot of people packed up after qualifying. You know who won that race? Will Harrington. Yeah, Will. Will, like I said, is you know, if 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 you asked Will Harrington to make a regional schedule uh, at the beginning of the year, I don't know that it would be much different than what the Hunter Front Super Dirt Series schedules. Been. I mean, just everywhere we've been, Will is Will's very familiar with, uh, you know, and and that that tends to start to change, you know, this this Sunday when we go up to Duck River. Um, you know, I know, I know Will's been there before, but uh, but but you know, maybe not as strong of a of a a racetrack for him uh, as, as a Swainsboro or Cochran or a Magnolia or a why not where he's used to running. Uh, but, but yeah, so we'll, we'll second half of this, this, this schedule after we take this month long break here, uh, after this Sunday's race, it, it shapes up a little differently for him. Um, but then on the reverse side, you know, Josh Putnam's, we get to go to a race, a couple of racetracks that he's very strong at. Peyton Freeman was very familiar with the Lavonias and the Rolls and the, yeah. you know, the racetracks that we hit at the end of the year. So it, it gets really interesting. You know, Will's positioned himself very well and, and done exactly what that, that team needs to do, uh, here at the midway point of the season. Now it's just about maintaining these strong runs and, and trying to have a good finish to the year and holding off these guys that are, that are going to be very hungry behind him. I'm very excited for this points battle, not just throughout this weekend, but through the whole year. I feel like it's going to be wide open, and with those, I feel like you can even spread out to even a couple more guys coming coming into the frame or tighten up to three, four guys through the end of the year. But I can see it being very tight coming to their season finale at the end of the year. Um, but before we fully get into Ultimate, how did the co-sanction kind of come together between uh, the joiners and probably Kelly and you, and what was your invo- involvement in that? 
<laughs> so it, it's it's interesting, you know. This is this is Sonoya on Saturday will be the third track that has been penciled in uh, for that or day. wrote in for for Saturday's race for July first, right? So um, the the way that came about is is we had you know Boyd's had had originally occupied the Friday and Saturday mm-hmm. dates, um, and or, or rather the Saturday. Um, Boyd's unfortunately shut down there right, right before we ran our first race at Alltech. We found out about about Boyd's being sold and, and potentially closing and all likelihood, you know, we're not going to be able to have a race there. So we spend the first week or two of the season trying to trying to find um, a replacement and we, we get I-75 involved um, on the Friday night. We, we, we had talked to them about moving to Saturday. Long story short, we end up moving North Georgia to uh, July 1st. Okay. We were going to do I-75, North Georgia, and Duck River. Uh, we just kind of felt like that worked better for the teams, for, for travel-wise, for the racetracks to give them a better opportunity, you know, not so close to each other that they're going to hurt each other's fan count, but also close enough that, that you know, race fans could go to all two or to two of the three or all three if they wanted to. So we felt pretty confident about that. And then, um, and then North Georgia realized that they're – um, it's the town of Chatsworth there is having that uh, that firework uh, show and festival that weekend, and and that's a that's a racetrack that really relies on the local crowd. So um, they had ex- they expressed you know their their apologies for for not realizing that, and of course we didn't realize that. So um, you know that ended up gets gets canceled, and then the very you know couple days later we find out that you know I seventy five's got some things going on that that they didn't want to disclose. So. Uh, they just were not comfortable with with going forward with some uncertainties there for their program. Uh, so we lost both races there in a matter of of, of a couple of days. Um, so we we started looking. You know, we we threw out some ideas. We approached some other racetracks. And when I say we, I'm talking Joshua and and, and the decision makers of the tour. And uh, you know, we we were just kind of I was kind of jokingly saying, hey, let's go to Sonoya and co-sanction with Ultimate. You know, you mentioned at the at the open that. You know, I've, I do some part, some race directing part time when when Kelly Carlton, their their series director and their race director, when he can't make a race for scheduling concerns or whatever, or Tommy Tedder, the announcer, can't make it. You know, I'll go and announce an ultimate race just because where I live here in in right outside of Augusta, Georgia, you know, is is literally very close to just about every racetrack that they go to, and I've known those guys for years. So, jokingly, I say, hey, let's go to Sonoya. Um, that you know, at first, just, you know, yeah, we kind of talked about it. Would it be possible? Maybe not. And then after a few days, we started making contacts and, you know, hey, listen, the, the folks at Ultimate and, and the staff at, at Sonoya, we, you know, we owe them a lot because, you know, they, they graciously said, yeah, we, we can do this. You know, it, we, we were able to present something that worked out for everybody. I feel like this is a, a rare in racing win, win, win situation for everybody involved. And uh, we were able to boost the purse up with our involvement. Uh, take it from a 5,000 to a 10,000. It's still ultimate show. They're going to run everything. Um, we're going to produce it from the production side with Hunt the Threat TV. And of course, you know, the, the Pollard family and Clint Smith and everybody over at Sonoya is going to do a, a really great job to, to have us a good racetrack. And, and I think it'll, I think it'll just be a, a great night of racing. And I think it's something that's, that's really going to uh, benefit everybody who's either there at Sonoya or watching. I really think that's awesome. That. It's hard to really hit a home run. Uh, well, we can't. I guess we can't call it a full home run because the event hasn't been right. ran yet. But from the planning side, of just how everything's falling together, that really seems just great. With you got the whole production side streaming covered. You got the purse bumped up with the 
uh, co-sanctioned coming together. You got the track happy, both series happy right now. And I, I promise some of the drivers are probably happy, obviously with the purses being bumped and, uh, those hunt the front guys having an extra date. So it's not just duck river on Sunday. So that really seems like a great move through all, all the different parties involved in that. And, uh, switching over to ultimate, I think you've been to probably two or three. I know I've seen you at, uh, Lancaster and Sumter. Um, were those the only races you've been to this year for ultimate and, uh, how does ultimate look so far this year through your eyes? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's the only, only two they, you know, they, they kind of like us, they, they ranked out, I think their first two races, yep. uh, Lake, Lakeview was one. I can't remember where the, where the other one was maybe, uh, um, County line. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So yeah. So they ran out their first couple, um, and then through some postponements and some other scheduling things, um, you know, I ended up at, at Lancaster for their, what was their season opener? Um, and then at Sumter, like you said, a, a few weeks ago, uh, which feels like a lifetime ago it seems, but now it's just June tenth, I believe. So, yep. um, yes. So, ultimate, you know, ultimate's got a really, a, a really, it's it's a strong series. I, I really do believe that that ultimate is is uh, one of the best regional series in the in the southeast, and and that's not just because of my affiliation with them or you know the, the relationships I have with those folks, you know, over there at ultimate. But I just think it's it's a very strong series. They go to good race because they run a quality program and, and they have good drivers. So, you know, I was, I was doing my prep work. I've been talking to Tommy Tedder this week about, uh, about Sonoya and I, I pull up their points and I realized that, that Rambo, you know, is, is leading their points. Willie Milliken and, and Anthony Sanders are tied for second. And both of those drivers are two points back for Rambo. So the top insane. three are within two points uh, of each other. So that's, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. Cause they run five races. And, uh, and you've got Rambo, who's a, who's a previous uh, multi-time champion of Ultimate. You've got Willie Milliken, who's second um, in his rookie season. And, and what I believe is Willie's first ever super late model tour that he's committed to to running the entire uh, deal. You know, he's, he's a great racer up in the Fayetteville area uh, that, that hits and misses. And, and, and anytime he pulls into the pit area, he's a guy that you've got to watch out for. Um, but, but seeing him on the tour this year is really cool. You know that, that he's in second. You know, tied with Anthony Sanders, who's finished second in the points three years in a row with Ultimate. Um, it, it's a it's a great it's, it's a great you know shape up for for five six races in coming this weekend. And then you've got you know Greg Clark, Ethan Wilson, Christian Thomas, who are all in the top six in points and and are running that that series. So I think it's uh it, it looks to be really good. The two races that I've been to has had strong turnouts, uh, good good crowds, good good quality fields, and you know pretty pretty decent racing. I agree. I think the biggest surprise for the ultimate season so far this year has been Christian Thomas. I mean, he won the Lakeview race, not planning to even really run the big event. He was going to run the 602 uh, GM race that night and decided at 130 to put in a super motor and ended up winning it over Ben and Zach and all those guys. And then uh, I'm not too sure what he was running his car in some It could have been a crate or 602 or something. I'm not too sure i'm not the tech guy on that but it, to me it seemed like he had a little bit less wheel spin and was able to get off the corners a little bit better than zach with that bigger motor at a smaller track like sumter but him right. just kind of ripping off two wins like that early in the year is really surprising i'm uh really happy for him to be able to do that because uh kind of putting his name on the map a little bit more and he's been winning those tough races over the guys like zach mitchell rambo ethan wilson ben anthony it, uh, he's been he's been a real bright spot for the year so far. Um, 
Obviously, uh, all the guys you mentioned a minute ago, Rambo, awesome guy that's won multiple championships across all the regional series in the Carolinas. And I actually did a little like points mock-up. I think it was right before Sumter. And Rambo was actually the points leader of every race that was labeled as a super race in the Carolinas this year that included <laughs> uh, March Madness, uh, the XR, Cherokee races, all the Clash, all the Ultimate. And he had like a five-point lead over Ben. And Rambo did that. Okay, he was the only he's the only guy in the Carolinas this year that has ran every single race. It doesn't matter yeah, Rambo, what it is. Uh, uh, Rambo, guys, Rambo's one of those guys, man. You just you just never know. He's he's fun to be around. You know, he's a, he's he's racing royalty in the gas in the in the Cherokee area, the gas yes, area is. where he's from. You know, four time Carolina class champion, two time ultimate champion. Uh, I think he won a couple Southern All Star East championships back in the early two thousands. Uh, I think he won the old Dixie Thunder uh, championship like 2004. It still had late model series that was running for a couple of years around Gaffney and Thunder Valley and, and some of those places. So, you know, <laughs> Rambo, Rambo's liable to be anywhere. Um, yes, he so is. he's definitely going to, you know, definitely going to roll into Sonoya with, you know, leading the points. And, and I, I think, uh, I think Rambo will be one to watch. I think he will too. He, he's just one of those guys, like if, at this point, if I pull up to a late model race and I don't see that number two car, I know something's going to be seriously wrong. The same thing yeah, with Jeff yeah. Smith most of the time, too. Like, no, 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 he's not going to be there early. He's going to be one of the last ones. Yeah, no, the he'll game. be one of the last two yeah, pulling in. <laughs> he's going to call you and say, hey, can you draw for me? Because I'm, I'm still a little ways away before you close registration. But, uh, yeah, no, no, Rambo. Uh, it's good to see Rambo still racing, though, and, and kind of doing his own way, you know? Yeah, especially when it's a place like uh, Sonoy that's going to be like three hours, four hours for him. Right. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm still kind of on the fence whether I'm trying to go that extra little distance this weekend. I, I live about an hour from you. I'm in Col I'm in the Columbia area. but right. So we're all, me and you are both like an hour, hour 15 from absolutely everything at the least. But, um, yeah, let's uh, let's get into you a little bit. So, un, uh, to my knowledge, I understand you've been doing stuff with Kelly Carlton and his people since you were 14. How did you really get into racing, and how did you start working for Kelly and doing stuff with him? So, so my dad raced uh, cars when I was on the, you know, in the early and mid-90s. My dad raced uh, at Lawrence. He ran a, a four-cylinder. We, we never went anywhere other than Lawrence. The only time we went to Gaffney. Um, he totaled a race car and coming off a of turn four, you know, where there's that dent in the wall. I'm pretty sure that was my dad's car that did that. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, ran, ran a few, uh, few races at I-85, but we were, he was a Lawrence a regular for, you know, about 10 or 12 years there. Um, but, but as, you know, as long as I can remember growing up, I would, I would go to, to Lawrence every weekend. That was our Saturday night thing. So that's how I got into racing. Um, you know, when my dad sold out and quit racing, you know, for a couple of years, we, we didn't go very many places and then kind of on a whim, we, you know, we, I think 2004-ish, we go to, to the Blue Gray 100 up at Cherokee. It's the coldest I think I've ever been in the grandstands and on a, on a Sunday afternoon. I think it was like 20 degrees, it felt like. But uh, but anyway, we get back into, into racing and seeing super late model races and we decide to start traveling around, look, you know, going to late model races. And, you know, I just got really into it as a, as a you know, early teenager and into my teenage years, I, I you know, the, the message boards were hot, you know, track forums and, and some of those message boards were really, really big. And, you know, I got into to, to reading and posting and, and following super late model drivers and, 
you know, if it was a big race in the, in the Carolinas, you know, I would, I would have a driver's list that I would post and I would, you know, spend my afternoons and evenings, you know, when I got out of school, I'd come home and, you know, at night, instead of doing homework, I'm, I'm researching, you know, driver's websites and seeing where they're going. You know, this is all before everybody had a Facebook and a Twitter that can tell you where they're going at the moment's notice. So, you know, I would post these, all these lists of all these drivers saying, Hey, here, you know, here's, who's coming to the, to the Southern all-star race at at Cherokee this weekend, or here's, who's going to the the Carolina class race at Lawrence or who's coming here and there and, and got really good at it and, and knew a lot of people, you know, got to meet a lot of people. Um, a lot of people started inviting me to races, you know, uh, you know, I, I got to go to racetracks that I was never fortunate enough, kind of the way we grew up. And, you know, I was never going to be able to go to the, the, the Talladegas and the North Georgias and the Dixies and, you know, places like that. So, um, just kind of got in good with, with the right people and, and, um, hanging out in the tower with the staff at, with Lenny Buff and everybody at Cherokee on a, on a March Madness in, uh, uh, 2005, 2006, I think. And I'd kind of been up there all weekend and it's a Southern all-star race. So Kelly's up there race directed. I didn't know who he was at the time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we're standing there and they, you know, the announcer at the time, he gives me a, a sheet of paper and he says, you know, Hey, do the starting lineup. Here's your microphone and call out the starting lineup. And all he did was gave me, it was 24, the 24 car starting field with numbers. Um, so I went through and, you know, talked about where they were from, their sponsors, their chassis, all the stuff that I knew and didn't think anything of it. I was, you know, 14 or 15 uh, at the time. And a couple of weeks later, my phone rings and it's, it's Kelly Carlton. And he says, Hey, you don't know me. He said, but I'm the race director and series director for Southern All-Stars. Um, I used to flag at Lawrence when you were a little kid and you stood behind the fence with your, your homemade flags that your grandma made you, you know, you were, you were flagging right behind me and I know your dad and all this stuff. And, he said, I would, I would really like you to, to come and, and announce some races with us. So that's kind of how it started was um, from, from then on for the next six or seven years, I was doing Southern All-Star races, riding up down the road with those guys and, uh, you know, got out of school and went to, you know, got into my career, my full-time job and got out of school for that. And, you know, just life kind of took a different turn and I just couldn't be on the road as much anymore. So I, I kind of backed off and, and, you know, this, this past year, just doing it all again. So. That's, that's really kind of in a nutshell how it all happened. Just a lot of fate and a lot of, you know, chance encounters and good people. You know, a lot of, a lot of good people that poured a lot of effort and energy into me and getting me to all these racetracks and making sure I got home safe. And, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning meetups with my, my dad or my mom to drop me off or pick me up or wherever. And, uh, you know, just a, a really, really fortunate to be a race fan and be able to get to go and, and do this for you know, to have people pay me to come do this, you know, it's, it's just, I'm just a race fan that gets to talk on a microphone. So that's awesome. I, I, I love the story, especially you being at Cherokee. It would just, they hand you just the numbers with the names like, Oh, go, yeah. go for it, kid. And that's, yeah. and then just, and then you just rattling off who they are, where they're from, what races they want, stuff like that. That sounds like me as a kid, I was three years old being handed a little 164 diecast from my, like, uh, from, one of my aunts or something and hand me a diecast or tell me like who drives number 40 in the Winston cup series. And I'd be like, right. Sterling Marlin, obviously at like three yeah. years old, I'm just naming <laughs> yeah. off every cup series driver, even yep. Bush series back then. And these days I can do that with a bunch of the dirt racing around here. And it sounds like it's kind of same thing with me. So I kind of yeah. relate to that a little bit. And, uh, I, I really respect Kelly how uh, it seems like he does that a lot with people and uh, builds them relationships and helps people out any way he can, any way he feels like he can 
give them opportunities and help them because he's done that for me so far a little bit with letting me uh, start to learn how to cover races a little bit, doing it with my own little platform. He invited me to Winter Freeze, and that's where I met you while I was up in the tower beside right. Dave the whole weekend, freezing our butts off. And uh, now I've seen you a couple races here and there for Sumter, but yeah, uh, I just uh, I enjoy your story. It's awesome to see you back kind of on the road more, doing what you can. Um, what? Uh, how's your experience has been going to, out uh, out far places, uh, different parts of the country, like Gateway? I don't know if you've sure been to Vado uh, or some of those other races. How's that been doing those big national I, stage races? Yeah, so I've never I've, I've never got a I, I don't want to say I don't have the opportunity to go to Vado. I've just have never been able to make it work with work schedule and you know family, young family and, and kid and all that. You know, so I haven't got to, a chance to go out there, but I've been fortunate enough to, to be part of the race directing team for the last few years at, at the at the uh, Gateway Dirt Nationals, and uh, that's that's fun. I mean, it's it's a cool event. You know, by by the end of the third day, you know, when I'm on that all nighter sitting in the St. Louis airport trying to stay awake long enough just to catch my flight so I don't miss my flight home, and mm-hmm. you know, it's like, man, I'm just so ready to go home. But but the, the experience is worth it, and and that's. That's the way it's been, whether it's Gateway Dirt Nationals or it's, a, a, you know, a, an ultimate or, or even a front-wheel drive race at Scriven or, or Modoc or, you know, a Talladega or anywhere like that. It's, it's just, it's a great, it's a great experience. You know, I remind myself, have to remind myself all the time that, you know, yeah, you're, you're very fortunate to get to do this type of stuff. You're very fortunate to get to go see these places because I don't think a lot of people realize or remember, you know, you see on social media people complaining all the time. I don't think people remember just how the majority of the of the dirt racing fan base is a very localized to one racetrack. Yes. That's the only place they go to. They don't have seven subscriptions that they're watching every race on, you know, so we, you know, we're blessed. And, and that's what this experience is, has always been for me. It's just a, a blessing to get to go to these places, meet the people, you know, my wife jokes all the time that it doesn't matter where we go, I run into somebody I know, and it's chances are I met them through racing, whether it's, you know, go-kart racing or, or car racing. It's, you know, it's it's a cool thing. The, the sport is 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 just such a, a cool thing and the, to, to be a part of. Start real quick. I, I agree uh, with, I wouldn't trade those like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. rides home right. or to an airport or something for the world. I like... Uh, being able to spend a whole evening at the track and being able to just meet new people, the faces, learn people, making relationships. That's one of my favorite parts of just the racing in general and just uh, everybody I've been able to meet and get to learn about and know through the past like six, seven months of doing this doing much on dirt thing. I, I've really enjoyed it. And um, so uh, you say you have a young family. Uh, how is that going? Do you, uh, how many kids do you have? Wife? How, how's that looking? Oh, it's it's great. So just uh, we have a we have a twenty seven month old. So uh, he's he's a blast. Um, it's it's you know of, of all the different jobs and titles I've had, you know the the job and and title and honor of being dad is the coolest thing. Um, and I, I get to pour into to him what so many of my mentors you know pour, poured into me. Um, you know, and, and that's, uh, he loves racing. I get to take him to racing all the time or not. I don't get to take him all the time, but I have taken him several times, um, you know, just to walk around and look and, you know, he, he came to a, a race at Scrabbin earlier in the year and, you know, he's done some races last year, 
you know, with me just to kind of hang out and see race cars and get close enough to get scared of them. And, and mm-hmm. he's, he's ready to go home. But no, that's, that's been a lot of fun. And, you know, my wife and I, we've been married since 2015. We've been together since 2010. And, you know, we just, we're enjoying life. And, you know, that's kind of what, what drew me to the, the hunt the front schedule. And when Joshua called me earlier in the year was, you know, he kind of sent me their schedule and said, here, you know, here's what we're thinking. We're thinking, 20 races because that's that's good for a regional series it's good for the drivers but we're also thinking just 10 weekends we want to do 20 and 10 um you know a couple couple three race swings and a couple two double headers but a one-off here and there and you know that that set up really well for for the family life so uh that's kind of kind of what talked me into to getting back on the road um i, I remember you know early and i was you know, 18 or so. I think we did a, you know, 2010, we were doing Southern All-Stars and Southern All-Stars East. And I think we were on the road like 37 weekends out of the year between the Ice Bowl and the, the Gobbler in November mm-hmm. out at, at Cleveland. So there was, you know, I can't do that anymore, you know, with family and a full-time career and all that. So I'm not, e- I'm not even close to that far in life you are, and 37 weeks still sounds like a grind to me. <laughs> like yeah. from what, what's Ice Bowl, middle of January till yeah. uh, Thanksgiving. That that is, uh, if I didn't have this full time job and I was able to pay the bills, a hundred percent. But like I don't know that uh, huge props to everybody that's able to do that and stuff. But uh, before we hop out of here, so you have a new quarterback this year for Clemson. You're you had DJ the last couple of years. He wasn't really it not up to the standard of the guys you had before. As a Carolina fan, I've already had a year of Spencer and I'm still not sure he's the guy. How are you feeling about Cade Klubnik? Um I I think uh you know sitting you know we're you know blessed to be season ticket holders at, at Clemson. So you know sitting in the stands at at, at every home game last year it, it was just obvious that the offense was not designed for you know the quarterback which was playing it and and you were trying to force a square peg into a round hole pretty much i i, I like Klubnik for the sense that he's a lot more mobile and agile and i think he i think he'll move the offense a lot better than you know Davo goes out and he makes the change that I think was needed for the last three years. I hate Brandon Streeter only had a year and then he's gone. I don't think Brandon Streeter was the problem on our offense. I think it was the offensive philosophy and the mindset that it set in over the last few years that, you know, really, you know, really had started to hurt not only our, our culture and our program, but recruiting and, you know, the, the product on the field. I think, I think we'll be better. I don't know that, I don't know that, you know, Kane Klubnik and, and Garrett Riley, you know, gets us back to winning a national championship this year. I think that's a little far-fetched. I think, uh, I think a good year is, you know, you know, 10 and two regular season, making sure we, you know, we beat, beat our friends down in Columbia, remind them who's boss, you know, for No, we're year. back to another six in a row. <laughs> no, <Nope. laughs> uh, but, but no, I, I think, I think we'll be better. Long-term we'll be better. Uh, I can't even lie to you. It's just how Carolina football has been the last, uh, eight, nine years. It just makes you so pessimistic. Yeah. It doesn't matter. We just had like our biggest upset in many years, big, even bigger than uh, that Georgia upset in 2019 that we had the upset against Tennessee. I was still expecting to go into Death Valley and lose <laughs> last yeah. year. I was like, 
I was just like, okay, they had their one. We're good. Like, I'm just still, let's let's keep it close. Like, I've been trying to say for the last five, six years. But, yeah, I, I, I believe both, uh, I believe Carolina is still kind of on the up. We still have to uh, have some good recruits. I feel like we could have done a little bit better in the transfer portal. But uh, I, I work with two, two of my three best friends at work. They're Clemson fans, and they're, they're always complaining about Streeter. Or one of them was saying Streeter was a problem. One of them wasn't. But yeah, yeah I, I kind of get, kind of stay a little plugged in with Clemson because at least one of the guys, he's <laughs> he's just reading the Clemson message boards and websites every single day. It doesn't matter if it's the off season, three months away from football, he's keeping up with it and tells me about it. And then I tell him Carolina info, he gets mad and it just comes a whole back and forth. But yeah, I'm gonna let you get out of here, Travis. I appreciate well, you coming on with the show me tonight. I, I was gonna ask you what what do I gotta do to talk you into coming to Sonoya? It, I know I can already. I know I'm. I can. I'm already on the list if I want to be. Yeah, hunt, hunt the front versus yes. ultimate, and then you throw in Sam C. Wright, Kusin yep. Lee Williams, Carson Ferguson, Jimmy Carson. Owens. You know, I love Jim. Jimmy. And, Jimmy's going to be there. Yeah, Jimmy's coming. Okay, so. I I thought I was going to see him last weekend. I uh, I was at the Firecracker last week, mm-hmm. and I have a buddy that lives in Pittsburgh. I was up there for that. Uh, and Jimmy was going to be there, but he ended up having some uh, issues getting up there. So that's cool to see Jimmy there. Uh, I have a buddy that's coming into town from New Hampshire, and him and my other buddy are deciding to go to Sumter, of all places, for just a regular <laughs> show when I've told them about all the other racing happening, especially the Sonoya race. And just where he's at, it's just not going to happen. But, yeah, there's a good chance I'll be at Sonoya. I might just end up saying, screw you guys, Randy. I'll see you next year <laughs> and go see the guys because I need to see me a hunt the front race. I need to see all those guys. Um, man, cause we, we got a good stretch coming up of races. Of races. We got the Sonoya yep. race this Saturday. Next Friday, we got the Mideast, now super late models, going for 10000 away win the Grassy Smith. And then ultimate day after that on the 8th, it, it, it's a good little stretch here. Yeah, really, really good stretch for, for our area, and uh, hopefully hopefully, I uh, get to see you this Saturday. Yeah, hopefully. No, thanks for coming on, Travis. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yep. Have a good one. You too. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview with Travis talking about the Sonoya race this weekend with the Hunt the Front and Ultimate Co-Sanction going for 10000 to win. We got some racing to talk about from this past weekend. Uh, we had the Carolina Clash cancel. SE Dure had to postpone. Clash might have been a reschedule I canceled. Don't hold me to that. Carolina Sprint Tour had a doubleheader at some new tracks, including Tri-County, and they also went to Tacoa. And then the Ultimate, they had a week off in between races at Fayetteville and then going to Sonoya. And SEDRA, their next event at this point is going to be Rebel Yell at Screven on July 21st and 22nd with the Southern National Series, who is starting up in a couple weeks. I believe they have one more race left for their Spring Nationals for the uh, Crum Memorial. Uh, I believe so. You can go keep with all their stuff. Cody Early does an awesome job giving up with all their things. But, yeah, I was up at the Firecracker 100 this past weekend with my girlfriend. Brought her up through there, that beautiful drive up to Pennsylvania. Uh, we absolutely loved it. Had a great time. Shout out to Big Mike for obviously being our chauffeur around the state like usual and uh, letting the state at his place. Uh, he's always one of my best friends. You're going to see him on this show a lot, especially 
Uh, if you go last week's episode, a couple other races he's done for me. And also for the Eldora Million coming up. We're going to have a lot more buddies part of that and making some content and helping us out and just enjoying that race for that. But let's get into the firecracker. On Thursday, they had a bunch of rain coming in, so they're only able to run the heat races, and they try to get the A main stage, and they just start pouring. They tried to hold out hope. Hope it would stop. It didn't. So they're like, okay, come back at 12, 1 o'clock tomorrow. We'll run these features, and then clear the grandstands, and then get ready for Friday. So, yeah, let's go look what happened there. I already know what happened. But I just like to have the results up so I can tell them to you guys correctly. So the good old A feature was won by Jonathan Davenport, who to most people's surprise, I don't know, if you pay like really close attention every week, you might know that this was Davenport's first ever victory at Lernerville. He'd never won a prelim night, obviously not a firecracker. But good for him finally shaking it off. He, I saw him uh, writing a Dirt on Dirt article, I believe it was with Kevin Kovac saying that he didn't really consider Lernerville to be a crown jewel or like something like he had on this list. He just thought it was a cool facility and happy to be able to pick up a first victory there, which that's pretty cool. He struggled there last year, if I remember correctly, but often see Jonathan pick up the win. Second was hometown boy Michael Norris. I will bet with anybody that he will win a firecracker before the end of his career. Third was two-time firecracker champion Brandon Overton. And the Group B feature, it was won by Tim McCready, last year's Firecracker 100 winner. Second was Spencer Hughes, who was fast all weekend. Third was Devin Moran. And Cody Overton ended up getting torn up in that B feature and had to put like just a plain white panel, no uh, number, nothing on that right side. And Tyler Urban, a couple of those guys just scribbled on it saying oh, they worked on it. That was kind of funny and cool. But yeah, let's get to Friday night. We had a first-time winner, and one dude stay on fire. Not literally, but figuratively. Uh, speaking of on fire, that was Ricky Thornton Jr. picking up the win in the A feature over Overton and Davenport. Good old Greg Satterley, fourth. In the B feature, picking up his first career Lucas Oil win was Max Blair of Centerville, Pennsylvania. Dalton Wilson was second, who I want. I wanted Dalton to win this so bad. As a Carolina boy up there, I wanted Dalton to win. <laughs> like... Like I've said last week, and I'm going to say it before, I'm going to say it again. Dalton's going to get that first Lucas one this year. I just know it. it's just going to happen. There's too many races for it not having with how competitive and fast he is right now. Little perm, big perm, whatever you want to call him, depending on his hair size, he's going to get that win. Third was Deb Moran. Michael Norris, fourth again. McCready, sixth. Colton Flinner, seventh. Strong finish, Albertson, eighth. But let's hop up to the Big Daddy on Saturday for the Firecracker 150,000 win. Also, the 20,000 win Bill Emick Memorial with a Rush Crate Late Models. Uh, go over that. It was end up being Max Blair getting that win in the Rush Memorial that's after the Firecracker. He won that over Cody Overton, Joe Martin, Michael Norris, Daryl Lanigan, and a few others like the Wonderlings, Logan Zarin, Charlie Sandercock, Tyler Bear, uh, Chubb Frank, Brock Pinkeris. And really good field. They had more cards than the Supers. They had 56. But let's get into the Firecracker 100. I'm going to be straight up. That was my favorite race I've been to all year of 19 or whatever it's been so far. Uh, from the beginning to when Ricky started to stretch out a lead, that lead to end up being over straight away and only keeping six cards on a lead lap. That was some of the best racing I've seen all year. Uh, I've, that's in battle between him, Hudson. Uh, Davenport was back there a little bit. Even some of the battles through the field was just great. And, yeah, it's my favorite race of the year so far. It's going to be a little hard to top it. 
Uh, only thing kind of holding it back on the race ratings was Ricky really pulling away with about 25, 30 to go and just keep him hammered down and ended up winning it. I don't believe it rubbered up. Uh, people that know a little bit more could probably uh, confirm that with me. I don't think it was. It didn't seem like it to me based off of what I usually can tell what's rubbered up or not. But, yeah, let's go over those results a little bit. Hudson Hudson O'Neill second over Ricky Thornton Jr., under Ricky Thornton Jr. Third was Davenport, who fell back a little bit. Greg Satterley fourth, Devin Moran fifth, Brandon Everton sixth, Norris seventh. Eight was Ken Shelton-Brand, who came from a B. Also came from a B was Mason Ziegler ninth, who was a hard charger, going up 15 spots. Tenth was Max Blair. Eleventh, Tyler Erd. Twelfth, Ross Robinson. Our boy Dalton, 13th. And tough breaks for... Here, Albertson, Alex Free, John Garvin, Tim McCready, who went out with a uh, broken rear end, I believe it was, after he already had to switch cars before the heat races. He had switched cars uh, during the heat race because he blew a motor in hot laps. And Gary Lyle, 27th. <laughs> I don't even know who Gary Lyle is, but I know he got a provisional. That's all I know. So, yeah, that was a Firecracker 100. They're going to be at Muskegon County this upcoming weekend. And, yeah, I think they will have a good event. Let's get into the Carolina Sprint Tour. They ran Friday night at Tri-County for the first time, and it ended up being friend of the show, Brianna Lawson, picking up her second Carolina Sprint's victory. Uh, she won it over boss man Sean Vardell, third was John Frutchy, fourth Richard Wisdo, and a couple of data unavailable, so I'm kind of unfamiliar with how the rest of the running world rest of the running order went, but yeah, Gareth Palmer, Robert Tyler, Brendan McLean, Jake McLean, and Daniel Oliver. And then let's go to Tacoa on Saturday night. End up being Jeff Oliver picking up a victory over Rihanna Lawson, Brandon McLean, John Frenchy, Jake McLean, George Laux, Richard Wisdo, Derek Treese, who's going to be on the show later in the week or early next week probably. We'll see how it goes. Gareth Palmer, Robert Tyler, and Sean ended up falling out of the race, or they just didn't have his transponder right. I thought he t said he got seventh, but it just doesn't look like that. But I, I, I let's call it Sean. I'm just gonna know. But you know, like I said, Carolina, they got some big racing coming up this weekend, and yeah, Cherokee Speedway, they end up getting their race in with Young Gun V8s running and the Monster, the Monster Pro Force and the Monster Thunder Bombers. So let's go look at those results and see what they come in, they have coming up this weekend. Renegade Sportsman Christian Christian Patterson picked himself up another win. Josh Langley won in the street stocks. Hank Taylor got the win in the 604 late models. Thunder Bomber was Luke Doggett, I believe, picking up his sixth feature win of the season. Extreme 4 was Dale Bennett. Barrett Bishop, one of the Monster Pro 4s. They had a good 12-car field, including our pal Cody Verbose in third. Pure stock was Mickey Brock. Young Gun V8 was Bradley Whitesides. And their next race is not going to be this upcoming Saturday like usual. It's going to be Monday, July 3rd for the Robbie Weaver Memorial. He was the father of Hunter Weaver, who's the announcer for Blue Ridge, and just also a great dirt racing and racing historian. Uh, you get to talk to him about and see on uh, stuff he posts online. They're going to be running for $3,000 to win. The GM Performance 602s are going to be running for 1000 Street Stocks 1000 and the rest of the divisions running are Renegade, Sportsman, Thunder Bomber, Pure Stock, Extreme 4, and the Crown Vix. Pits 35 stands 20, 
That's going to be a cool event. I will be going to that if I wasn't going to be going uh, next Friday the 7th for the Grassy Smith. Uh, that is going to be 10000 to win for the Mid-East Super Late Models, which is going to be a new series starting up. Uh, if you think of Mid-East, you think of 602, 604s, and Modifieds, but I'm excited to see what they do with the Supers. Uh, Jason and his people are going to do some awesome stuff. I'm going to see how it stands out. You can expect all the regulars there, maybe a couple more. Well, we'll just have to see next Friday the 7th when it happens. And let's see what everybody else has going on this weekend. Let me get to my good old race list. And hope it's 100% updated, but I already know anyway. So, Midsummer Classic is going to be Saturday at Carolina Speedway. They are going to be running. Let me pull up their list of everything they got. July 1st, they're going to be running. What's the BBs? Okay, Renegade. Uh, Lightning Late Models, Street Stocks, Thunder Sportsmen, Thunder Bombers, Hornets, Pro 4, and Ford Outlaws. And that's going to be a good show from them. They, they got rained out a couple times this year, but I believe they've had some solid racing. I believe they have. Also, it's going to be the Ultimate Hunt the Front Coast Sanction at Sonoma Raceway. Like I've said, and we talked earlier with Travis for 10000 a win. Robbie Weaver is going to be Monday the 3rd for 10000 And I'm trying to think, is that it? SEGRA, nope. Carolina Sprint Tour, nope. Week after Smoky Mountain. Uh, Carolina Clash, nope. Their next race is Fayetteville on the 15th. And then, yep, Ultimate, and then I don't believe East Lincolns. Let me, uh, no, no East Lincoln, let me double check. I believe they have a couple weeks off. Don't hold me to it, but I am pulling it up right now. Because they rained out this past weekend. Yeah, nothing until the 15th. And that's just going to be a um, Enduro and Backwards race. Uh, their actual next event, it's going to be a full show. It's going to be the 22nd with LS Sprints and all their weekly, and then American Racers, the 29th, and then get back into it fully in August and September. They have 35 total event schedules here. I believe they've done probably 10 to 11 so far. They, they got a lot scheduled for the rest of the year. I can't wait to see what East Lincoln's got going on. I can't, I still need to get up there this year. Uh, cover them, I just can't get it. It's just so much other stuff to get to. But I appreciate all my East Lincoln fam, everybody from them that listens to this. And I appreciate you listening to today, today's show. Uh, don't forget to go follow Do Much on Dirt on all social medias, D-O-N-E-W-I-C-H, on Dirt, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn probably. I don't even know what, everything I'm on these days. But that's, uh, thank you guys for following, keeping up with all my updates from Firecracker this weekend. And if you want to see where I'm going this weekend, by Friday, I'll have it posted whether I'm going to Sonoya, Sumter, or Cherokee, wherever. I just appreciate you guys listening. Don't forget to go to reaperapparelcompany.com and you find something cool, use code DOOMWITCH for 10% off. Go to the DOOMWITCH store on spring. I do have t-shirts coming soon. I'm working with people to get that. Get those made. It's been a little bit of a hold up. Me out of town. I'm waiting for some stuff to get approved. But yeah, we got some cool things coming. Eldora Million in under two weeks. I'm so excited to get up there. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys have a great week. Go see some good racing. Uh, if you're at a race, send me it. I'll, I'll retweet you, repost you, do whatever. And, uh, yeah, let's have a good one. Appreciate y'all.